What's the book about? Okay, well, um, it's a book about emotions and how to deal with emotions, but from a child perspective. Um, okay. What I am trying to achieve or what I want to achieve with this book is um, to fulfill a mission, a vision that I feel I have, that is to help um, kids understand more about what is it about emotions that happens in their bodies while, while they are feeling it and in the process help them accept the emotion that's happening regardless of the etiquettes that we give to emotions, right? So, Fantastic. So one of the things that I have found in my process, in my personal development process, was that it was very hard for me to accept what I was feeling. Because um, we sometimes label certain emotions as good or bad, and then we run from one emotion to the other. Um, and the cure for those uncomfortable emotions is actually going through them and feeling them. So if we, my theory is that if we, teach kids to deal with that soon in their lives, then it'll be a lot easier to build emotional strength and um, resilience in today's world, that it's more and more chaotic as we grow. So the book is basically um, about a lorikeet and a cockatoo, so it's all Australian animals. And it's a journey that the, the character, the main character, which is a lorikeet, and it's called Laura, Laura lorikeet, uh, goes through this journey of understanding the p pain that she has on her body and then she meets this beautiful cockatoo who teach her a song um, that is meant to be a tool for getting into your body in a way that probably a mindful coach would say that it's pretty awesome right Fantastic. so that's that's the short story of the book and w what does the other character do like uh, the cockatoo? we only have two characters the lorikeet and the cockatoo okay what's uh, the angle of the cockatoo okay, okay. The, the cockatoo? what does the other character do like uh, uh, we only have two characters the sound, lorikeet and the sound feedback can, can you close the tabs from uh the browser please that's okay. Thank you. So um, the cockatoo is a nurse. So she's like a healer. She's like the source of knowledge. But um, I won't. I don't want to tell you much about the story because um, I want people to just go and and find more about it when they buy the book. But it's basically the cockatoo is like the healer, okay. you know, that shows the bird, the lorikeet, um, how to heal herself through music through this song that I can show you later, you know, as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what do you know about healing? How do you approach uh, healing okay. in general? Um, I, I have a long history of healing myself. Um, I think that's what has given me the credentials to write this story because uh, I have been dedicating the past 20 years of my life to healing myself, to personal development through um, psychoanalysts, uh, psychologists, holistic therapists, natural therapists, all sort of therapists to feel whole, right? To feel good with myself. So I decided to start sharing that journey, not only through um, these um, stories that I want to write for kids, because I'm hoping this is the first of many, um, but also through coaching. I'm sure it would. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> through coaching sessions that I have been doing for the past year. Okay. So what what kind of people do you coach? Anyone who wants to and feels the need to <laughs> feels the need to dance and have some music <laughs> on, right? So That's good. Eh? <laughs> That's <it. laughs> I completely forgot about the intro. Okay. 
back to the topic. <laughs> um, that was good. That was any good. people who need to yeah, um, work I on themselves, I guess? Yes, I, I think... Um, I have, I have worked with many people that wanted to just be, let's say, for a session or for two, but the people who have st stuck with me or want to be we work with me are these people who have this spiritual urge to find meaning of uh, about why am I here for? What's my mission in life? And um, I want to stop suffering, really. Okay. I want to just stop uh, feeling sorry for myself. Just I want to be happy. Right. Do you think that uh, searching for happiness uh, is the same thing as searching for like an end to suffering? Uh, Buddha would say yes, right? What um, would you say? I would say the same because okay. I, I, you know, humbly try to follow his steps. But um, yes, I think that um, finding happiness is relative to the person who is in the search. And my recommendation is that everyone should experience that on its own, mm. not because anyone tells you to do this or do that to be happy. You know, just like experience happiness. What does happiness, happiness means to you? Because depending on your level of development, personal development and experience, right, it would mean something different for everyone. So. Yes. So what's the, like, the... Each person has a different... Uh, I'm asking this question because um, last, la just the last um, session before you, um, three days ago, we had a, um, a purpose coach oh, as a guest. Beautiful. So uh, what do you think or how do you think... What are the, difference, uh, the differences between each person's uh, life goals and life purposes? Like why do everyone need... Um, has a different uh, life purpose? Oh, that's a beautiful question. Um, well, I will give you the only answer that I that I believe in now, and I think that's karma. Okay. Uh, that is just action reaction. Um, it's everyone is different. We have different DNA. Like there's no single person that is equal to the other, right? Yes. Like the set of experiences, the places we were born, um, our ancestors, our history. It's such unique for everyone. Except so, for clones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that, so that makes it, you know, the, the definition of happiness unique for every individual. And that's why everybody has a different path. And my, my point, and I strongly defend this point, it shouldn't be compared. Like you should not, your happiness shouldn't be compared to anyone else's happiness because you are the only um, knower of your own internal, you know, let's say measurement of happiness, right? But comparing with others is something that I completely agree. Mm -hmm. But comp comparing with others is something that is, comes natural to, to yes. most people because... Yeah. It, it's harder to look at ourselves than to look at others. So we see, we, we see other people around us and we want to like emulate or copy. Yes. And but you know why we look more outside than inside? Because we are disconnected to our feelings and to our sense of being. And going back to my book, you know, that's, yes. that's why I wanted to create this tool to help um, teach kids to start being connected with themselves as the unique or the principal validator of what they feel you know like sometimes we need to look outside and what am i feeling i don't know like i'm i'm lost you know i need to just see it and just breathe in front of the sea to see what exactly am i feeling 
And so, because I never had these tools, like most of my generation never, never did. Um, I'm 42, by the way, so, and I grew up in a very, um, I guess, traditional home and a traditional society, and we never spoke about feelings. I was something like, oh no, you just go to school, do math, do literature, be an engineer, become a doctor, have money, be happy, have kids, die, that's it, end of the story, right? We have so much freedom now, um, Where did you grow up? In Venezuela. Okay. Yeah, grew up in Venezuela. And so we have so much freedom now that we also get lost with all this stimulus from the outside. And it's always good to go within and then meditation comes in handy. Uh, with that kind of background, like I know that your previous background was marketing, right? Yes. And the previous one was engineering. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> Okay, how did you transition from engineering to marketing and from marketing to like spirituality? Okay, um, that's a very good question because um, and going back to why I have written this book, like if I was more connected to my feelings and I was validating what I felt I wanted to be, I would have been an artist. Okay. I would have been what um, kind of artist? Uh, maybe a writer or maybe a healer, you know, I like those things. Like I like okay. art and healing are the things that I like the most. So maybe I would have find myself to be a crazy shaman in the Amazon jungle. <laughs> I don't know. Right. But um, cool. yeah, <laughs> but what I did was that I um, like like any other person um, would follow family's advice, people's advice in like, I don't know what to be. Oh, you should be a, a this or that because that's, you know, good for the money and it's safe, right? It's like, okay, I don't know what to do. I'll be an engineer because uh, that's close to home. My university was close to home. I could go back home and have lunch and have a nap and then go back to uni. You see, my priorities are very, <laughs> very clear. So sleeping and eating, that has to Others be, are you know. essential needs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it makes so sense. I, I went to uni and I graduated with honors from uh, mechanical engineering. Okay. And then I realized... That's not easy. No. <laughs> and I said, I realized I don't want to go and work in the in the oil industry, which was pretty much the main yeah, specialization main um i guess employer in venezuela used oh, to I be see. the oil industry because we're an oil country so 80 percent of engineers when you know work in the oil industry and i was like i don't want to do that so i it's like an evil industry as well it it, it wasn't evil back then like 20 <laughs> years ago it was yeah. not as evil as it is right now right so we didn't know as much as we know now and it was our main source of income so I mean, it's not evil per se, it's just like... Uh, but causes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I decided, like, I found a job as a trainee in a telecommunication company, and okay. I started working, like, in planning for telecom, so nothing to do with, uh, you know, mechanical engineering. So I did learn there from uh, about finances, right? It was more like a financial planning. Okay. And then I was like, oh, this is not me, I'm not feeling good. After four years, I took a test within the company, that said that I was empathic, that I was outward, out, outgoing, that I like connection, that I like people, and it said that I should work in marketing. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. So I moved to marketing. It gets you closer to people, marketing. Yes, yeah. yes. So I moved to marketing, and then I started feeling a bit more like... For oh, the same oil company? Or? No, no, this was for a telecom company. Oh, telecom company, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to work for the oil company, remember? So yes. Yeah, that's what I went to marketing. And for marketing, I went to digital marketing because I wanted to be on top of... 
uh, on top of technology, and, yeah, new yeah, trends. Yeah. And from there, I went to advertising because I wanted to feel more like an artist. Okay. And then it was like, okay, I'm done with working for others. I want to work for me and I want to see what is it that I really so want. So it to sounds do. like that even though you started like a path that was like completely different to what you wanted to do, in the end, you, you found your way like and navigated into different <laughs> industry to, to land exactly where you wanted to be anyway. That's a, that's a good question. That's a good um, saying because um, I have the certainty now that I am on a better path than I was years ago, but I couldn't know back then. Like what, what I am right now is a reflection of the work that I have done within me to produce something else outside. So I don't know if five years from now we will be having this conversation and say, remember when I was crazy about writing books? Well, that's not what it is anymore. Now I want to be a full healer or whatever, or I'm going finally going to the Amazon to be a shaman there. No, have so you ever been to the Amazon? Yes, I spend a lot of time. Did there. you have any experience with shamans? Yes, as well too. Yeah. What can you tell me about that? Uh, well, I lived in Peru for eight years, oh, so that's, that's cool. like my second home. Um, God bless that beautiful land. So the Amazon accounts for 60% of the Peruvian territory. So Fantastic. every time I had a free time, um, I went to the jungle. And many times I went to places where there was no signal, where I was in a community, just having the basics and just with a book and with a group of healers or people from the area, just enjoying that peaceful and simple way of living. So, yes, I have been near a shaman, but in that way. I mean, it's not that I have done any course on being a shaman. Okay, or any okay, okay. <laughs> have you yeah. done any experiences in that? Uh, yeah, with the medicine plant. Oh, like ayahuasca? Yeah, ayahuasca. Yes. What yes. do you think about that? Oh, I think it has to be taken with a lot of seriousness. Okay. Um, it is a medicine yes. and it's sacred for uh, the carers of that land. Um, so it is. It has to be approached with a lot of respect. Because a lot and of people that I know, they, they just don't no, approach it that way. No, they just the, think, oh, it's DMT, wrong. it's like a drug. No, and, no, that's wrong. they end up doing DMT yeah. instead. That's like. disrespectful to the tradition and to the land and to the plant. And that has consequences as well. Yeah. So, um, like taking any drugs or any medicines yes. without, like, when you don't need it. Yeah. Like. I, I w the way I did it was that I prepared myself for three months with diet and meditation to be able to take it. And I was also guided by a, tra a, a woman who was a shaman that came from a tradition of, of shamans in her family. And the second time was again with someone that actually is well known. He, he actually appears in a documentary in Netflix. It's called The Last Shaman. Okay. Yeah, I did it with him as well. He was very respected That's as cool. well. But yeah, I would, I would definitely say that it's not for everyone that you have to take care. You know, if you're taking any pills or medications, you cannot do it. Um, if you don't have a clear objective of why you're doing it, then don't do it. Don't do it for fun. Just don't disrespect that. Most people do it uh, most people that I know do it to like connect with their inner self. Yes. But some people that I know, uh, they told me that they've done it just because they were curious about the um, psychedelic effects, yeah. which is something that I in the sense of like exploring your own mind, yeah. it's, it's, it's also interesting it's valid, to an extent. Yeah. Yes. What was your... Uh, reason why um i was i was in back back in 2014 i started to i decided that i wanted to be happy 
Okay. No matter what. That that's the right? best decision yeah. anyone could take for themselves. That's like, like I, decided, I planted I'm be a, happy. yeah. I planted a flag in my heart and say, I'm gonna be happy today with what I have. I don't care about anything else. And and one of the the things that I found was that I needed to find why am I here? Why what is this? You know why am I here? What is what why? That's in an illusion. Right? Like exactly. Yeah, what why am I here? What is this? What is my my mission in this life and um it it wasn't like i found i met this group of people who were doing sound healing which ancient um ancient indian music which was beautiful meditations guided meditations and and these same people said oh we also do these you know ayahuasca as part of healing and i was like and how's that and i started asking and I was like, oh, that makes sense. But I, but they were the same who did, who told me we you need to approach it with reverence. And my 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 purpose was to find meaning for my life. What's you the know? benefit that you got from that experience? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, um, there's many benefits in terms of um, the messages or the images that you get. You need to process them with a therapist it's my recommendation because okay. it's in a neuric you know language it's like the language of your dreams right so nothing is exactly um like uh, like literal yes so you better you need to interpret it yes so you better go through that with someone that knows you or within a therapeutic process where you can use these images to actually convey a message that's meaningful to you and that can lead to actions right actions that help you heal because if that's the purpose of the plan is to help you heal some people do it for a spiritual connection yeah. but because they come from the andean or the amazonic tradition and they they have a different set of values than mine for example so i didn't took it as a spiritual connection it was more like okay this is medicine okay this is going to help me it, it did help me connect to me in a very deep level it's like i would say it's probably a a shortcut to five years of meditation oh wow that's you, intense it is intense that's why you need to be prepared with meditations before and the proper diet so you can have the proper experience right but it's it's hard you need to hold a meditation for like six or seven hours so you need to be strong in your body and your mind to be able to see that I have no idea how that feels when I whenever I do like I do meditate uh, I used to do it every morning uh, now I do it like yeah once a week probably but uh, it's hard to meditate for like more than I don't know 15 20 minutes for, for me for you we got uh, a question from Marco Lapini oh hi Marco he says good morning Ramon and Veronica nice topic as usual Veronica um, what do you think about music in 528 hertz frequency oh that's, that's a great question. Yeah, thanks, Marco. Question. Okay, thanks, Marco. Look, I'm not sure about. Can you the talk a little bit closer oh, to the sorry. mic? Yeah, I'm not sure about the not sure about the frequency, thanks. the right frequency. But I did use for the book that I'm that I'm producing. I yeah. did use a a video version of the book that I use the 432 hertz okay. as a background music, okay. and so it has this chilling effect when you see it. It's like. Oh, you know, you kind yes. of get relaxed yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. relax and it's very wide, you know, it's very slow movement. So it also addresses this, the senses in, in terms of like being calm, be quiet. So I, I totally um, have felt the experience of being healed 
by music, of being calmed by music, either with the Andean music that I told you, that these meditation sessions yes. with ancient music, or the choirs, you know, the concert of choirs. No, have I you, don't have know you that. heard of that one? Okay. What is it? That's another way, and that I think it's on that frequency that Marcus is saying, or the, the, the there is a, a bowl choirs. Okay. Uh, Can we look it up? Yeah. Chan? Several bowl choirs that people do in, in, in like a meditation session like where they. What singing bowls? Uh, yes, the bowls is like a bowl, like okay. a Tibetan bowl, but made out of quartz. Oh yes. wow! Right? And so because they the normal uh, Tibetan singing bowls are made of metal. Yes, yes, which is also great because they they produce a different effect on the body. Okay. Um, different vibration. Different vibration. Yes, but the quars are designed to kind of aha. Uh -huh, the the second one there. This, it it it's designed to um, also clear you know the body from blockages. Okay. Because there are some things that are not easy to access from the conscious mind, right? The conscious mind doesn't know everything that happens on the unconscious mind. Of course not. Yeah. And your body stores emotions that are not processed. Um, again, back to the book, you know, like yeah. if you process emotions, then your body flows and then you're calmer, you're happier, you can live a better life, right? So that sort of exactly, those sort of instruments produce those frequencies where you can actually relax and cleanse whatever is it that you are not being able to access. That's so it's a, another way of meditation. Fascinating. I don't know. I know nothing about it. I would probably like make a salad in one of those things. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's how they, much they, I know about it. Well, that's, that's all the beautiful um, alternative healings and shamanic um, Ooh, and they light up universe. Yes, that you can So that, that you I can mix it with uh, chromotherapy as well. Yes, exactly. So I've learned that in Peru as well. So it's, it's a land of healing. Do you practice this? No. Okay. Well I don't know how to do it, but I have been a patient. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. And how all of this connects with the stars? Oh, it's a wonderful question. Okay. So the way to the stars. Okay. I started doing, I started learning about astrology again in 2014 when I started um, asking myself, why am I here? You know, what is this uh, body? You know, why am I my mom and my dad's daughter or whatever? Why was I born in Venezuela? So I turned to Mayan astrology first. Um, okay. That's the, I don't know much about That's it. another type of astrology that, um, again, I learned in Peru through a teacher, a Mayan I think it was a little teacher. bit more scientific back then in a certain sense. Yes, of uh, course. It's yeah. based on observation. Like what, when... Like, think about 5,000 years ago, you know, yeah. um, how would people living on Earth understand the cycles of the Earth by looking at the stars? Yeah, observation, right? yes. Observation. So they observed, they took notes, or this, when this planet does this, then this happens. When this planet does that, it happens. So it's like scientific method, right? So... In a way. In yeah. a way, it's well, I mean, for, for the technology and the knowledge that they had at that time, yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, of course. And it's probably the birth of astronomy as we know it today was astrology, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. At that at that time in in time, I think astronomy and astrology were actually the same, the same thing. thing. Exactly. Yeah. Got a question exactly. from Decio Olio. Um, hi, Veronica. What hi. is something you only learned about yourself after the experience with the shaman? Oh, that's a super good question. What is something that I learned about myself after the experience? That you didn't know before. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a great question. So let's 
then we'll go back to the stars. Yes. So let's go back yes, to yes. this one. What I did learn about myself is that um, I could see myself in different experiences that were not from this life. Okay. Okay. So, or at least it didn't feel it was an experience from this life. So from like a previous life of yours yes. or from yes. lives from like other people no. that you could connect to? My life. Okay. That's what I choose to believe, right? Anyone can say... Yeah, can interpret their can own interpret way. Can interpret different, yes. but he's asking, why did I learn about that? I learned, so therefore, that was my entering point to, wait, so I have been here more than once. So then I started looking to, um, I guess, theologies or people that could explain that to me in a way that I understood. And that's when I found meditation and the Buddha. Okay. And that's why I turned into... Um, what kind of Buddhism do you like? I uh, started practicing practice. Dzogchen Buddhism. Okay. That's the one, um, the Sonia Rinpoche is the head of that. And it's the t Buddhism, Tibetan? Tibetan Buddhism. Okay, yeah. what's the difference with the other Buddhism? Oh, okay. I tried first the Order of the Diamond. Um, I didn't connect to their Lama, which is okay. like their leader. Yes. And I connected to... Sonia Rinpoche and, and the Lama, the Dalai Lama, and that's why I followed. But main difference are like the teachings of the Buddha were, in, were received by many. And once he passed away, um, I guess his best students took their own Interpretation knowledge and, knowledge and, and developed their orders, their own way, yes. right? And so that's how it branched. I'm not, I'm not a knowledgeable person in the story of Buddhism, but I know that's what happened. So how do you think... Um, all of these students that then they eventually became the leader of each uh, different branches. Branch, <laughs> yeah. How do you think a leader of a different branch plays? Or like, how important is for you to follow a spiritual leader oh. compared to finding your own way without the need for a gui guidance? That's a beautiful question. Thank you, because because um, I have been through that uh, a lot. Like. In, when I started that journey of self-discovery, I was very reluctant to find someone else's path. I'm very stubborn and I'm very practical and I like to experience everything myself. Right? Yes, I'm, I'm sort of the same. Yeah, so I, I like to <laughs> confront myself, like to, 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 to try to get as many options as possible and to ask people. But in the end, I don't want to follow anybody. Yes. I want to ask everyone and then take my decision. I know. And that's, and, and that's something that I did for a long time. Until I felt, and it was a feeling, a knowing, that if I wanted to follow a path of liberation, which is the ultimate goal of people who are very keen on spirituality, which is to not reincarnate anymore, and to be free from suffering, is to follow um, the way of the guru. So the theory is that someone that has already achieved that level of enlightenment and is still alive... Um, can help you as a door to get there faster, right? Absolutely. Like by devotion, by practicing. Mean. So that's why I decided to, you know, pick a guru because I, I thought, well, you know, I do want to get there, so I'll just be humble. What, what, <laughs> what makes a guru a guru? 
that's a good question. I don't know. We have to ask them. Um, <laughs> I guess they so call themselves guru because they have attained this level of freedom. Like there are uh, there are several that I have followed that have given me incredible. I need to get joy. one on the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope you do. Um, so I started following one that was uh, born in Brazil, whose name was uh, is Sri Prembaba. Then I follow Muji Baba, who's a Jamaican. And then I follow Sonia Rinpoche, who is um, Tibetan. And lately I've been following Sri Sri Ravi Shrankar, which is from India. So there's okay. uh, different traditions. They all get, you get all f something from them. But at the end, you have to pick one um, because you might get confused. Okay. <laughs> uh, can, you, can you get, uh, I think this connects to another topic that uh, was discussing on a previous podcast. The same way I believe that you can love multiple people, ah. can you equally follow multiple gurus? Well, that's a good question. Like take whatever you like best from each one of them. And, and that applies to religions as well. For yes. Like I'm not um, religious, but for religious people that have a practical interpretation of religion, I have a few friends who actually... They're not Christian, but they follow some uh, teaching from Christianity. But at the same time, they follow something else from like um, Muslim religion and yes, like yes. different. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so I, my opinion, and it is only my opinion, is that um, you are the master of your own life. And um, what gurus recommend, what the guru recommends is to follow one because you pick it you pick up it's like you were trying to get to a place with one feet in one boat and one feet in the other boat like it's uh, at some point you go like oh my god which way which one i take right that's what they recommend and they've been on this path a lot longer than we have yes. at least myself so yes i think for me it i am coming to that point in my spiritual journey where i need to pick one okay right because i feel I am investing too much energy, like the energy that I have, and this is time, effort and all that. I don't want to be dispersed in many things. I just want to pick one and just follow through. And so it sounds like you're looking for like an answer, like and somebody that can give you the answers that you need. More, more like the experience that I need, okay. right? Like um, to be able to see through his or her experience. Um, and reflect that experience in my life and say, oh, how can I experience that? Okay. Right? Yeah. Beautiful. So go going back to the stars. Yes, let's go back to that. That's one uh, of my favorites. How, <laughs> uh, where were we? Uh, we were saying, why, how do I connect it to the stars? Like, how do I begin learning oh, yeah, yeah. about it? So I told you about the Maya. Mayan calendar. Because, you know, for me, astrology is another tool of self-discovery. Um, okay. So it's, you know, how an archetype can sometimes give you information about you. And it's basically from marketing. It's just segmenting, right? Yes. We're segmenting the population into these sort of it's archetypes. Yes. Yeah, we're going to. And some of that might work. Some of that might won't. But um, you, you could relate to a group of people that feel and think kind of like the same way you do or might struggle in the same way you do. Yes. Right. So it's like, oh, reassuring. So that's one thing first from astrology It's like it's a tool for self-discovery. It's a way of connecting to like minded people. Right. That kind of feel and you're like, oh, so let's say Gemini energy has problem with commitment. Oh, my 
God, I can feel that. You know, I, I'm like that, right? Or uh, Taurus people like to eat a lot. Oh my God, I can feel that. That's true, right? So you feel connected. You feel like, oh, there's someone who gets me. So for me, that was a way of discovering myself. And then I started studying the traditional astrology. Um, the, the Mayan one was the first one that I encountered and the one that I started studying. But after a few years, I realized that there was no more, not much people talking about it. And it was um, not a lot of literature about it. And I wanted to learn deeper. So I turned to um, traditional astrology and I started studying traditional astrology in a, in a current that's called, or, a, you know, I guess a style that's called humanistic astrology. Okay. And that is use astrology to, again, heal yourself, understand your pathway in this life and use your um, abilities that are written in the chart to integrate them and have a happier life. Like there's no good planet, bad planet, good energy, bad energy, none of that. Okay. It's just what it is. And there's no prediction. I also don't know about prediction. I don't use prediction. I don't believe in prediction. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Um, I just say, okay, look, you have this and that in your chart that might refer to this or that. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, how can we use that? Okay, then I, let's say, park the chart and work on the person's problem. It's not that... I like this approach yeah. because I don't, I don't take, like, I don't strictly... Okay, I don't believe in astrology, <laughs> but... Uh, I do find that there are a lot of interesting facts about it that deserve uh, curiosity. At yes. Least. Um, so I've studied a lot of... Um, uh, I've studied a fair bit about astrology and I could not find an answer on like what that means. But it's still... Um, <laughs> fascinating how to because I, I think the the majority of um the astrology that like it's popularized it, it takes advantage of the forer effect so like telling information that could uh adapt and anyone could relate to yes. basically so it works for everyone so yeah. everyone believes in it <laughs> but th it that's could be manipulated yes and i can tell you that the like for a, a, a tip for that is like, for example, when you read a horoscope and you say Taurus from this day to that, they are reading it from a perspective of the ascendant and not where the sun is located. And that doesn't mean that it relates to you 100%. So for a proper reading, you actually need to see the whole chart. Yes, and to understand sign and everything. the moon and uh, all of that. So it's not like, oh, I'm just going to read my horoscope and it's going to tell me I'm going to find love tomorrow. It doesn't really work that way. Although at some point I wished it would, right? Like, oh, I wish someone would tell me what to do and, and how to fix my life. That's what we're all looking for, right? At some point, right? At some point. At some point when we, we need um, the guidance. We so how does a natal chart work? Like what kind of information can you find from that? Oh, okay, great. So first you need to know where you were born, what time were you born, right? The city, yes. the time, the day, the year right? All that. And so you put it in a software that's many places you can do it for free now. Yeah. And it will it will show you where the moon was when you were born, where the sun was and where the personal planet, social planet and transpersonal planets are. Okay. So that has information about how you as an individual work as a system, like each planet represents a part of you. 
for example, Mercury represents communication, Venus represents desire, Mars represents action, the moon represents your emotional needs, the sun, the way you express. So you find that, and they are located in specific houses, right? The, the horoscope is divided in 12 signs. Sure, yes. Yeah? So each sign or house has a, diff it's a different area of experience in life. So, for example, the house, um, the house three is a house of the mind, of the siblings, of the short trips, of the, of the house of that is ranked What's, by uh, Mercury. Three, uh, Gemini. Oh, Gemini. Exactly. Gemini. That's the third house. Yeah, you're good. You know. No, I just remember a few things <laughs> from uh, <laughs> anime. <laughs> that's good. You know. That's so. That's how you you start looking at it, and you start, you know, in by talking to the person, you understand the level of understanding that they have or let's say the level of development that they have with the energy that they're working, for example, you know, most, most of us, most humans, this is, are born with the moon and specific characteristics of the moon. And it takes us about 36 to 37 years to get away of that moon and start becoming our sun and start living our ascendant. So it is a long process. Right. Um, so if, if you someone, for example, if you're 25 and you read a horoscope and you have your son in Pisces, you're like, oh, I'm such a Pisces. But it turns out that you're actually living from your moon energy because you're still too young to start living with your son. Right. So it doesn't mean that everybody has the same um, pattern, but it's very likely that when you're 25, you're not fully grown. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's very likely that you're still living your moon energy. And that's how it works. In general, because it's such a long topic, such a Fantastic. deep topic. <laughs> what, uh, what's your sign? Oh, um, my sun is in Taurus, my ascendant is a Gemini, and my moon is in Scorpio. Oh, it's a nice mix. It is a very complex mix. And you mix get like uh, <laughs> earth and uh, water yes. and um, air. And air. And the fire, I have a few things on the fire thing that has, like, actually, my chart is very balanced. Like, I have the four elements. The one that I have most is water. Water. Mine is not. Mine is like earth, earth, earth. That's good. That's <laughs> why you're pragmatical, right? Uh, I think so, <laughs> I guess. Um, some people think I'm very rational. Some people think I'm totally crazy. So it depends on who you talk to. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. How... Hmm. How do you take advantage of the information that you gather from astrology? Okay. Like what's the best use of it? Okay. Um, as in for me or in general in life? For anyone. For anyone. Okay. I would say that if you learn to understand the emotional patterns that you use to make you feel safe and you understand that sometimes those patterns are not for your sake, are not for your good sake, and they are just there to be evolved, then that's the best advice I can give to someone. Like short and straight to the point, like look at your moon, if it's tense, if it's in a position that is actually not working for you, just work on the patterns that you need to integrate in your life so that becomes a strength and not a point of, um, yeah, of, of fallback. 
right? So I'll give you an example. For example, my moon is in Scorpio, right? So that in the, in the book says that I have a tendency to be a drama queen, uh, to suffer too much, to attach to feelings too much, to be on a constant drama, to be possessive or that, right? That's, that's such a Scorpio description. It is, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a Scorpio description. Yeah? So, yeah, it turns out I am a bit of a drama queen. I have been a bit of a drama queen. So... Uh, and I was too attached to many things. Um, but what I did when I understood that that was the strength of that was that I get to feel more than the the average human being, that I am very empathic and that I can all sometimes feel what you are feeling, even if it's not my feeling, just because we have a connection. Then I thought, oh, then I, I might, you know, I might use this for writing. I might use this for art. I might use this for something else. And then that becomes a strength. So because when that moon is integrated, then you are able to navigate strong and deep emotions with calm and ease. That's another, that, that's like the evolution of the Scorpio energy. It's like, oh, hate it. I can feel anything and I can process it and I won't be disturbed. That's fantastic. So yeah. basically you, you, you acknowledge the negative aspects of your sign and you work out a way to transform the weakness into yes. a strength. Yes. That's and that's also the other thing that I do. And let me just connect with the sort of therapy that I'm doing with the books and the, the coaching that I also do is narrative therapy. That's the other thing that I put into um, the work that I do, which is I'll and I am doing that myself right because i On like yourself. to try everything myself before i try it in every, anyone else's change the narrative change the story you say about yourself and then you will change your life so if if you were born and saying oh she's such a drama queen she cries too much she's too sensitive she's whatever and i was like wait but how can that be an advantage and so i'm going to change the story right so let's just take myself out of the picture and try and write a story where feeling too much is a superpower. Oh, that's cool. Right? That's a nice So trick. that's narrative therapy. Like, for example, I'll give you another example. Where I wonder where your moon is so we can do that with you, right? <laughs> um, I'm a Capricorn and Where's my your moon? Do you know? moon is in Capricorn. Is it? Okay, yes. that's why. Okay. So that's why you're work, 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 work. You're very hardworking <laughs> and there's a lot of... Um, there's a tendency in that moon, I don't know where the house is because that also influences, but in general that moon is people who are very responsible for themselves and others and sometimes feel they have to be responsible for others, but they tend to uh, annul their emotions so they can work, 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 work. Or they can be responsible, they can be grown up since they were little kids. They could project themselves as, I am so like, I don't need anything. I'm so sorted out. I'm j I can do it all my own. That's I, I think I was like as mature I'm, <laughs> as I am today when I was 11 mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that I was mature when I was 11 I'm saying that you I'm childish that. now yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> I love that um, but my ascending sign is Taurus oh that's a so beautiful sign that's the best of all uh, so, no I'm, I'm joking uh, <laughs> I don't know I'm not happy with my Taurus <laughs> with my inner Taurus you will be you will be we can talk more about that outside <laughs> the session okay. if you want but yeah, that's sort of the things that, for example, a moon in Capricorn needs to learn how to feel. And if you have your ascendant in Taurus, it's probably because you were meant to learn how to live your life through the senses, to enjoy life through your senses. Yeah, I try to do that yeah. as much as possible. Oh, without going to extremes, right? <laughs> and so... <laughs> I, tend, like, I love extremes. Like, I, I don't know, like, 
I'm, a, I'm generally I'm like all or nothing mm. kind of person. That's yeah. Which most of the times leads to nothing because you <laughs> cannot have it all. <laughs> but sometimes you can. But most of the times you can't. Did you did you integrate astrology into the book? No, no, it's um, no, no, it's something that is very specific to each person. Yes. So it's difficult to, but I have integrated astrology into my life, and I'm bringing it to my personal brand. Okay. As in, uh, for example, my logo. I'll show it later. But yeah. uh, my logo is it online? No, oh, not okay. yet. But it'll be it'll be very soon. So my logo has a a, a planet in it, and ah. it's Jupiter. And okay. Jupiter is the 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 giver, the guru, and it's also related to the teacher. So I really feel like I what I want to do is teach, right? What I have learned either through coaching or through a book or through you know putting together a, a program that I'm putting together to you know help kids learn more about emotions. So that's like okay, this is the energy that I want to project in 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 life. Like I want to teach. So that's how I have integrated astrology in my in my in my life. I guess I try and connect the imaginary of the archetype of the planet helps me in my connection with what I want to do, right? Like if I'm being too moody, then like okay, I need to call my moon, right? So or if I'm if I feel sexy, I'm gonna call my Venus, right? If I feel drawn to action, okay, let's connect with Mars, right? So that sort of thing gives you, as an artist, as a writer, a lot of imaginary to work on the things that you want to put on, you know, um, a sketch, I guess. So it, it's all about creation. It's all about creativity. And the more the more tools you have, the more you can get out, and the more feelings you can process, and the happier you are. How do you process feelings? Like hmm, besides technology. Question. Uh, uh, sorry besides astrology uh, processing feelings is something that you mentioned multiple times and the importance of like experiencing our feelings yes how do you process feelings without identifying with the feelings oh that's such a good you're such wise my friend <laughs> so wise that's the moon in Capricorn showing all the, the wisdom that these people who are born in this moon have um you first, so you to you distance yourself from the feeling, that's actually hard work. And I have yes. managed to do that through meditation. Because meditation gives you a space, even if it's for a fraction of a second, where when you feel something, you're provoked from something outside, right? Let, let's put the example. How so, do you process an emotion? Let's say you're, you know, there's someone who really ticks your buttons, right? And then that person comes and asks you something that you feel is like totally irrational. So you're like, oh! feeling anger and you just want to answer back with something even worse right so meditation gives you this space of oh my god i'm feeling this but what's the best for me to do okay oh i have a tool yeah i have a tool can i get back to you in five minutes yeah okay good and then you go and you can bang the door (laughs) scream breathe write cry and then you will get back to this person in a more calmer way in a way that is detached to what you are feeling so to back to your question how do you process a feeling or an emotion you need to practice Right? You yeah. need to practice and you need to sit with your emotions. I recommend, I strongly recommend to the people that I coach and work with to when they are feeling overwhelmed, um, go back to the tools that, you know, we practice when, in our sessions and, and it's just sit and feel 
it's very hard. In the beginning, it will be very hard, especially if the things that is putting, pushing your buttons is related to something in the past that was very painful, right? Or it was very annoying, or it was like, oh, this is so hard. But when you have the knowledge and, and you have to imprint this in your brain that, okay, I am not my emotions. It is true that I feel them, but this is not who I am, right? Then you can put a space in it and say, okay, who I want to be. I want to be kind. I want to be calm. I want to be peace. You call up on these virtues and then you answer. But that process, for that to happen in an organized way, it takes a long time. Yes. So we need to be patient with ourselves in this process of learning about ourselves and how we react to everyday's life so we can stop reacting and start acting you know that yes. like to be the actor of your own of your own life i think to to me what puts me in in the right mind space to deal with stress and anger and frustration is letting like blow off steam mostly with sports ah good 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 if if I skip like training for like even a day, but like if I skip two days, I just become like crazy nervous yeah. and very easy to upset. Well, there is there is a really good book that I um, read recently. I can um, you know there's a lot of stuff in it, but it's called the System for the Soul Memory, and it speaks about um, ways in which you can deal with your emotions, right? And one of them is movement. Yes. So that's a very, you know, typical way of doing. Um, the other one is feeling them. So yeah, I don't, I'm not a particularly fan, a particular fan <laughs> of, of, of course, of with that. the Capricorn energy, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, I don't want to feel. I just want to do, and that's okay. That's that's your way of dealing with it. But at some point, I'm happy to feel, but I want to do at the same time. That's good. Like act on whatever your impulses are. That's good. Unless you know. Of course, if these actions are healthy for you. Yeah, right. yeah, that's that's <laughs> where the struggle starts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, you know, that's you, you can feel the emotion by moving or you can also feel the emotion and then desire. Like desire is another way to move an emotion, right? This, the desire of feeling peaceful. So okay. let's say you're sad, right? So you feel the sadness and then you start thinking about uh, how do I really want to feel? I want to feel happy. Okay, so let me bring an image that's something that makes me feel happy. Oh, the sea. Oh, my pet. Oh, my family. And then you start being thankful for that. And then something inside moves and starts shifting towards that. That's, that's like normal process, but there are some of us who had had to have help with that. Like I'm not saying... It, it, it's relatively easy to do if you're a healthy person, but some people have to go through, you know, therapy, medication, or other sort of uh, processes to be able to feel. That's how, because traumas disconnect us from feeling, especially at a young age, right? Yes. We, we record an emotion as intense as it was when we were a child, and we didn't have this consciousness, right? And the funny thing about the mind, how it works, is that Maybe you remember something, but that's not what happened. When you ask your parent, it's like, that's not what happened. And it's like, but that's what I remember. That's what your brain remembered. And that's and because of that, it's how you feel. But that's not exactly what happened. And so that's because the only way is to getting to know yourself and know your process. Right? Uh, when you when you work on yourself and try to 
get to know yourself better, you very often come up with memories mm-hmm. and and rediscovering traumas is something that can deeply change who you are, I think. Yes. How do you deal with past traumas? Like when you mm. when, when you just remember something negative mm. that happened to you and you realize, oh, I've been acting this way for the past Twenty years mm-hmm. because of this very like single mm-hmm. event that mm-hmm. happened twenty years ago. Okay, well, I've dealt with that in therapy. Like, I don't. I recommend people to go to therapy. It's like going to a gym. Right? In a way, yes. in a way, it's like the gym for the soul, for the mind. So the way I have dealt with it, first, I even though I could have been scared of remembering something, I the first thing I recommend is be grateful. Yes. Because that's the first step to healing, just acknowledging where you're at. Like, okay, I'm here. Oh, this hurts. <laughs> but now I can move forward. So once you 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 remember that memory, you can you can do a lot of things to heal that. You can go to that in a meditation, you can go to that memory and resignify that moment. You can also do in the present, um, write a letter to such and such who did hurt to you or whatever you remember was hurtful burn the letter there's there are a lot of magical acts that you can do on the present day to heal that past trauma and by a miracle the mind is so wonderful that it'll you know you'll feel better once you go that's why time is relative right yeah um, <laughs> i don't i don't think time even exists hey, oh. yeah it's it's that's perception. A very you're very wise no i'm not i'm not i'm just saying bullshit <laughs> There's a lot of people who say that, so don't worry. Okay. Is there any other comment or uh, question from anyone? Um, no, not at the moment. I got a question. Yes, Chan. Um, what are your thoughts on attachment and how that leads to suffering? Oh, that's such a good question. Okay. So, mm, <sighs> learning to detach is the hardest thing that I had learned to do. Um and yes, how the, in the theory of the teachings of the Buddha, um, the, the Four Noble Principles are the ones that are the basis of the teachings of the Buddha, right? So one of them is understanding suffering, and I'm not going to go through that, but you know, the second is understanding the nature of desire. And desire, um, it is what it is. You desire something. You get something and then it fades, the happiness fades and you want something else. So either you attach to something or you reject something. Either or generates karma, right? So that that, that means generate a reaction. So you attach to something, it generates a reaction. You did you, I don't want this, generates a reaction, right? So the, um, the more detached you are, I guess, to whatever happens in your life, the less suffering you will have. Um, for example, but you experience less. Um, not necessarily, just that you experience with a, I guess, a lesser degree of expectations. Okay. For example, so did, did, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let me just give you an story. example. I met Francesco. Francesco is so great. I want him to be my friend. So it turns out he doesn't want to be my friend. Well, that's okay. I can deal with that. We can be friends. Yeah, good. But I'm just putting an example. Yes. Like, I am, if, if I get too attached to, oh, I really want to do that podcast because that means that my career will you know, skyrocket because Francesco is so famous and I really want to be with him. Then I'll just you know, keep on. I'm not going to sleep. When is Francesco going to call? Gives when is he going to call? Like, gives me anxiety. And it's like, ah. Whereas if I say, okay, um, and this is when faith 
for me at least becomes you know a, a tool for detachment is like you know i cannot control francesca's will <laughs> if he calls me is faith if he doesn't is faith that's destiny right like yes. whatever you want to call it like i'll have i'll have the conviction it's a little bit, that a little bit fatal, fatalistic but yeah, no, yeah I, I know what you mean but it's like you know whatever happens it was meant to happen and uh this is life as it is which is the basis of you know buddhism accepting life as it is and i'm just going to deal with the feelings that arises from um the situation right so yeah. to your question uh the detachment it's learning to i guess let go which is such a hard thing to do to whatever you're feeling that you feel it should be yours by birthright or whatever but um i guess the, the hardest thing that i have to detach from um was the my brother passed away only six months ago okay and Sorry to hear uh, that. yeah thank you and he was a strong meditator a passionate meditator it actually the book that i'm doing is dedicated to him to his memory as well and you know detaching from the fact that he's not in this plane anymore has been the hardest thing that I am doing because I'm not over that, right? But it has been experiencing detachment for real. It's not more that I am reading in the scriptures and I'm practicing, oh, such and such doesn't want to go out with me. I'm going to detach. That's easier, right? When someone you deeply love dies, that's when the real test comes. Yes. And and so... um thanks to i guess thanks to the tools that i have had through meditation and through the teachings that i have learned through buddhism i have been able to deal with that suffering in a best way because it's not that i don't feel pain but i don't attach to the pain like i feel it i just let it flow and sometimes i i spend two weeks in pain but i i know because all things change which is the other principle one of the other four principles is impermanence like everything changes yes i know that I won't. applies to everything in yes. the universe i won't feel this forever i know that it will pass and then you learn to detach but it's no, that, I, that's, it's no easy that's that's the same i know that's the same that i uh, same thing that i learned to, uh, to overcome depression like i know yes. that it comes like in, in waves and I'm not like, okay, I know that it's going to go away. Exactly. Why don't I just think about that? Yes. Like, and just f feeling, it, it makes you feel better already. Look, about depression, and it's just a quick one. I, I, I went through depression as well uh, in 2010 when I went through a divorce. And I remember I found a book in the library. I don't remember the name of this Australian writer um, that he wrote that he was depressed for eight years. And what kept it's him, a it's a long time. And what kept him going was faith. Faith in that he was going to get out of that. So the mindset of, okay, I feel this, but I know there's a knowing in my head. That's not, the, the knowing is what saves you, I think. Yes. Like, but you need to want to change as a first step. Yes. Like you need to decide. The, the the way I manage with things is that I make a decision before I know anything about it. Like, okay, I know that I'm going to be happy, then I'm happy. That's, Good. That's, it, it sounds simplistic, but it's like... No, no. It's, it's it, a decision. Actually, yeah, it's, it's a decision. Easy, yeah, it's, yeah. It should be like... It's a yeah. decision. It's a mental decision. You start with the mind, right? 
like in but yeah but it, you're so right you know you're you're very wise <laughs> Stop saying that, how many how many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb oh i don't know <laughs> one but the light bulb has to want to change <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> Okay. Thank you. That's and on that note, I think we can yeah. say thank you very thank much. Thank you much, Francesco. I really liked uh, talking to you, and yeah, we, we, we should do this again once the yeah um, the book, book is again. out. Yes, because I want to show. Yeah, I want to sing the song with people here, and because I I wrote and composed the song myself. Oh, that's fantastic! So I'll show it to you afterwards, and we'll keep it a bit of a mystery. I'm hoping it'll be uh, the campaign. I'm planning to release it on for the pre-sales in the beginning of April, the first 15 days of April. Maybe we can. Um, we can meet again for that yes, and we'll absolutely. have fun with the music and yeah, and see how that goes. Okay, thank you very much thank and you so good much. night to everyone thank that was uh, listening. <laughs>